This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. The grand opening of Ray Sport Marine's new location west of Bemidji and Wilton on Highway 2 is underway. We were there yesterday when Ted Takasaki was there. So, yes, for the first time ever, National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Famer Ted Takasaki is on the show. And it's about time. I got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back. Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me when I'm fishing for Bunyan Country. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored in part by Bumiji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu I'm Kevin Cochran and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Well, today we're going to hear from one of the all-time greats when it comes to walleye fishing in North America, if not the world. It's Ted Takasaki. Uh, we are talking, actually, uh, you're going to hear this. He's going to be out of town by the time you hear this, but we are talking uh, at Ray Sport Marine, where he was on Wednesday for the grand opening. That uh, grand opening is continuing through Saturday. It was kind of a quiet day due to the road construction that was going on, but it was great to be able to sit down and talk with Ted, as we are about to do now. Ted, first of all, thanks for taking the time today. Hey, it's great to be here in Bemidji and uh, Ray's Marine. It's an incredible showroom floor, all the different kinds of boats, just really a phenomenal uh uh, location as well as facilities. So got to get out here and take a look at some of this stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, why you're here. You're a Lund guy, and we're going to talk about Lund as we go along today. But let's let's just go back to the beginning. Ted Takasaki, um, you, you've found your way to Minnesota. You're now in Sioux Falls. But uh, how did you uh, get into fishing to begin with, and how did you work your way into the pro fishing circuit? Well, you know, I think the thing is, is that um, parents have a big part to play in in getting their kids uh, directed in different either hobbies or professions and uh, my dad was one that loved to fish so he used to take me fishing all the time and uh, just developed a love for it and then as I uh, graduated from high school and college and I uh, cultivated friends that loved to fish as well and then um, after I graduated from college I uh, met a guy uh, at uh, my fraternity where we started fishing turn- team tournaments for walleyes. And uh, it's interesting that, you know, when you do that, you develop not only a camaraderie with your friends and doing something that you both love to do, but then you're competing together against others. So it makes you even better. And uh, that's really what happened is that um, the uh, tournaments actually got me into... Uh, my 
actual uh, profession, which was at the time I was uh, offered a job at Lindy Fishing Tackle. So I ran Lindy Fishing Tackle for 10, 10 years, and we doubled revenue, quadruple profit, and had a great time while doing it, and uh, did a lot of television interviews and, and fishing shows and the whole works and promoting fishing to a lot of different people. So it's been a great career. I've uh, really enjoyed every aspect of my uh, my fishing life and uh, and the business life as well and being able to combine both. And um, so I can't uh, can't complain whatsoever. It's been a great career. Well, certainly one of the uh, things that you did, like so many people I know who uh, live here now, uh, including the Linders, for example, hail from Chicago, found their way to, to, to Lakes Country in Minnesota. Uh, I know you started out in the Chicago area, so how did you make that move into Lindy? Yeah, you know, that is really interesting. I, You know, I mean, um, Chicago isn't, very conducive for fishing because there's just there's so many people all jammed in a small little space um my parents uh lived about 100 miles south of chicago is where i actually lived and then i went to the university of illinois in champaign urbana just a little bit further south and so i think the thing is is that uh you know you 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 find your own path sometimes and uh and that's that's really what happened i uh I lived in Chicago, but as soon as I had the opportunity to move to Brainerd, Minnesota, to be the president of Lindy Fishing Tackle, I jumped at that chance, and um, you know, never looked back because uh, Minnesota is just a land of uh, of walleye. I mean, it's walleye is the state fish. It's uh, it's a great fish to fish for. It's a challenging fish at times to fish for. So you really have to understand the behavior of the fish and what what makes them tick and and that's what i've done my entire career is to try to learn and understand what these these fish do on on a daily basis if if people want to know why do you love fishing so much what's what's the core reason you love fishing well i think part of it is just being in the outdoors you know i mean uh, to be outdoors and enjoy god's creation is a uh, phenomenal experience. I mean, to be able to get up real early and then watch the sun rise or wait till the sun sets, those are all beautiful things to enjoy. But I think as far as the fishing is concerned, it's really a big puzzle. If you like to if you like to uh, do puzzles, uh, then you, you'll like the walleye fish because that's really a big puzzle. Uh, you know, they're living critters, so they keep moving all over the place. They move from place to place. Uh, they do different things. They aren't the most aggressive fish uh, as a species compared to northern pike or bass. Uh, northern pike and bass are a lot, they had, they're just a lot more aggressive, and they have a bigger strike zone. In other words, if you um, ran a lure or something in front of a northern pike, he'd probably ran, run it down five feet away. But a lot of times you got to bump a walleye right in front of the head, and you got to get them to create to actually react to a to a uh, a lure that's presented to them so so that's really the understanding the different species of fish what makes them tick what they like to do when they like to do it that's what we do as professional anglers you are uh, on the tournament circuit now in a national walleye tour Uh, how long have you been a circuit angler 
Boy, I've probably had a career of about 30 years of tournament fishing. And uh, so different circuits, different tours, different locations, different lakes, different reservoirs, as well as rivers. So um, I've been fortunate to be able to experience uh, a wide variety of different places to fish. And, and so each one of these different lakes, rivers, and reservoirs, walleyes react differently. So you got to really kind of... I, I, I look at each one of these different types of lakes and uh, group them so I would fish reservoirs different than I would rivers versus a natural lake. And so that's how I kind of uh, divide them all up. And then I'll, I'll uh, once I get to that location, then I start trying to figure out, all right, what is it that the walleyes, where are they going to be? You know, where are they going to live and what they're, what they're going to eat? And so that's really what we... As professional anglers, we, we've got to recognize the different situations that these, these fish live in and uh, understand where they're at and how to get them to bite. Of all the vast number of waters you've fished, tournament-wise or just for entertainment purposes, um, any particulars that are your favorite? Well, if you want big fish and a lot of them, Lake Erie is probably uh, one, of the, one of the number one tops on the list. I've had a lot of fun on Lake Winnipeg. Uh, that's where the walleyes are green. You know, they actually have a very um, iridescent uh, holographic green color to them. It's uh, pretty amazing. And those walleyes on Lake Winnipeg are 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 big and and they're uh, uh, a little bit more aggressive. It seems like uh, to biting. Now, if we're talking about Minnesota, I mean, you can't hardly beat. Uh, Mill Axe or Leech Lake, both of those lakes in, in Minnesota are phenomenal walleye lakes. But you drill it all the way down into these smaller ponds and, and rivers and streams and that type of thing. And, and really, uh, you know, Minnesota is a great opportunity to learn and to catch walleyes because they're, uh, they're just a, a fun fish. If you like a challenge, they're a fun fish to fish for. For me, one of the, the best times to fish is the month of June. Uh, the weather is generally pretty nice, not too hot, certainly not too cold. Um, everything's biting. The walleyes are hot, the bass are hot, the panfish are hot, musky season's underway for those who are into that. Uh, pretty much everything's going, and uh, it's a lot of fun. No doubt about that. I love, uh, I love fishing Minnesota in June. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, um, you know, even into July, uh, you know, they just change their locations as the, the season progresses. So you just have to keep moving around and um, use your electronics to find a fish. And once you find a fish, then you got to figure it out what it is that they want to eat. So let's talk a little bit about something you talked about when we, we were uh talking live at the Rays on Wednesday, and that was weed walleyes. Um, that just seems to be something that they've always been there, but more and more people are figuring out how to, how to pull them out of the weeds. No doubt about that. I think um, Minnesota lakes, for sure, they're either in the weeds or in the fall they're down in deeper structure for the most part. And if a lake's got weeds, then I would be going right to the weeds. Um, you know, they, they, they use weeds as cover. They use it uh, to, to feel more safe. And uh, I found that, you know, if you're if it's a dead calm day and there's no um, there's no wind, then they're in the weeds because uh, they you, you just really need to uh, uh, understand when it's windy, then they feel a lot more comfortable. 
being out in the open and relating to uh, structure, which is the rock piles and and points and everything else that we're accustomed to seeing the walleyes uh, being on. Now, you know, if you're talking like uh, different types of lakes, uh, say just Leech Lake. Leech Lake is a, is a big lake. Uh, you can, if you're going to be fishing when it's uh, dead calm, then I'd be going a lot deeper or into those weed lines. And then uh, when it's windy, though, they'll go right up on the structure. So the points, the rock piles, and uh, and those type of things would be the kind of uh, structure that I'd be looking to try to catch walleyes. Well, certainly one of the things that has changed the way we fish walleyes is AIS, and in particular zebra mussels, and of course in the Brainerd area. A lot of their big waters have been uh, inf- affected by uh, a- uh, by zebras. And now more and more as we get closer to Bemidji, and certainly like Bemidji and the cast chain among them, and Leech Lake too. Um, what have you seen change? What's changed the most with the introduction of zebra mussels into our waters? Well, they are a lot more tentative. As water gets clearer, uh, it's no different than, say, if we're, uh, if we're being trying to stay away from something, right? Something bigger than us, right? So if, 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 I can see that bigger thing a lot further away. You're just a lot more tentative. So think about it from a fish's perspective. They uh, they can sense a boat coming by, and if it's super clear and dead calm, you know, you're going to spook them. So you need to figure out ways either to get your lures away from the boat. That's where they have inline planer boards that allow you to move that lure, that bait, away and uh, and down deeper and, and away from the boat that'd be one way or you can fish in deeper water and get your lures down deeper and 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 away from the boat or you know structure your fishing so that you're you're fishing in low light conditions say either early in the morning or late in the evening so those are a couple other ways to do it um so if you don't have wind then you have to fish deeper or further away from the boat. We are talking with National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Famer Ted Takasaki today. We've got a lot more to cover with Ted later on in the show, but up next, it's our Lake of the Week, and there's something about Mary. I'm Jason Durham, the smarter and better-looking Jason, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Get away and experience Bemidji's great outdoors. Discover the first city on the Mississippi with the whole family. And enjoy unique lodging, encouraging hospitality, and great adventures in a pristine Northwoods setting. With over 400 lakes for fishing, more than 160 miles of bike trail, and amazing campsites, Bemidji is a unique destination to create lasting memories. Go to visitbemidji.com. Bemidji points to further. This is Bro reminding you that the coolest people are on Fishing Paul Bunyan Country and Kevin Jackson too. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow. Headed over to the Glenwood Area Fisheries Office once again, talking to the Assistant Area Supervisor Bill McKidden about our current Lake of the Week. And Bill, first of all, thanks for being here today. My pleasure, Kev. Let's talk about a Lake Mary, and before we do anything else about Lake Mary, tell us where we can find it. Uh, closest bigger town to Lake Mary is going to be Alexandria. Uh, it's about five miles southwest of Alexandria. Um, it's actually closest to a small town called Home City. It's straight east of Home City. 
Okay. And if we were uh, using Alec as our starting point, how do we get to the public access and get on that lake? Uh, there's two public accesses on Lake Mary. One's on the north uh, shoreline. That's pretty much right off of Highway 27. Take Highway 27 west of Alex, and it's uh, right off that highway. I will mention that access is fairly shallow, so during low water levels, launching larger boats can be problematic up there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you run into issues there, there is another access on the south side of the lake. Uh, it's on the southwest corner of the lake in what we call Little Mary Bay. And that's right off of uh, Pope County Road 4. Okay. When I was uh, taking a look at uh, at the, the most recent survey, which I was able to get my hands on, which is 2021, the thing that uh, st- stood out to me right away was 13.33 walleye per gillnet. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lake Mary historically has uh, been well known as a walleye fishery, and it's actually one of the most consistent walleye fisheries in the Glenwood Work area. Um, what makes it such a great walleye fishery? Uh, I think it's, well, it's relatively shallow uh, in one, so those shallow, and historically it was more turbid, and those shallow turbid basins really bode well for for walleye production, especially lakes that we fry stock. Okay. Um, and there is some limited natural reproduction, but we've really seen uh, success from our uh, fry stocking. It's a you know, shallow lake that's productive, and that typically bodes well for, for walleye fisheries. So, for the the layman like me, um, explain why there are certain lakes where it, it it doesn't really work for natural reproduction real well, but yet once you introduce a, a living walleye in there, it, things go well. What, why is that? Uh, I think a lot of the shallow lakes are just limited with walleye habitat. You know, when you think of your traditional uh, walleye lakes, you think of a northern Minnesota lake with real expansive uh, rock, rubble, shoals type substrates. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these shallow lakes in at least the west central part of the state don't have that habitat. Okay. So naturally they can't produce walleye, that great of a walleye fishery on their own, but when we can supplement them with fry stockings, they tend to really do well. Okay. And, yeah, and once they're in there, obviously they are they are indeed doing well. Uh, and it's a very popular fishery. I'm guessing that that's, like, number one thing people go for. Uh, hands down. Yeah, I would say... Uh, primary species people target out there are walleyes with a close second being crappie. It's also well known as a, as a, as a pretty good crappie fishery. Yeah, and like most lakes uh, in Minnesota, you know, you got uh, a lot of the usual suspects. You mentioned crappie. There's some bluegills in there, certainly. Looks like, uh, uh, you know, some bass and and the and the, nor- and the proverbial northern in there as well. So there's a little bit of everything and a lot of walleyes. Correct. Yeah, um, and I'm assuming, like you said, uh, like I said, uh, it's a lot of pressure on that lake for walleyes and, and, and pressure in general um yeah i would say it's really well known as a as a really good walleye opener lake okay so it's good early season just because it's fairly shallow in nature and it warms up a little bit quicker than our deeper lakes in the in our work area so a super popular um early walleye lake and then uh, i mean it obviously gets consistent pressure throughout the throughout the open water season and then in the winter season uh, kind of unique, but most of the pressure is targeted at, at, at panfish, uh, bluegills and crappies in that southwest bay that I mentioned earlier that we call Little Mary Bay. That's where most of the ice fishing pressure is concentrated during winter months. Okay. I'm assuming it's a fairly well-developed lake? Um, not really. For the oh. size of the lake, there's actually, um, you know, obviously like most lakes, the 
kind of the the better lakeshore with sand beaches has been developed. But there is a pretty decent expanse of shoreline on that uh, east shoreline that's undeveloped. Uh, and then I would say the southern half of the west shoreline is also undeveloped. And we have vast expanses of emergent and submergent vegetation along those shorelines. So, you know, it's known as a, well, uh, a well-known walleye fishery, but it also has a habitat that actually tends to lean more towards a bass panfish fishery. So bass and panfish do well out there as well. Any concerns on the lake right now? Um, not really. We do have um, zebra mussels, uh, like a lot of lakes in Minnesota have. Uh, those were first confirmed in 2013. We have seen a fairly big jump in water clarity um, out there. What typically was you know pre-infestation around six foot uh, water clarity throughout the summer months is now pushing more closer to that 12 foot range. Mm, okay. So we're seeing a little bit clearer water, and we have seen I think a change in the fish community in the last few years, where we're tending to see more of those vegetation dependent species, where our northern pike numbers are increasing, bass numbers are increasing, and bluegill numbers are increasing as well. Anything uh, unique about the lake as far as any unique fish that uh, it's kind of a specialty for? I would say unique fish species would be probably a tulabi or what a lot of anglers call ciscos. Okay. They're kind of on the southern range of uh, the tulabi uh, range, so they're not all that common in these shallow lakes around here, but for some reason those uh, we catch a few, it seems like, every survey and they seem to persist, even though this is a you know shallow, warmer system. Okay. Uh, anything else we should know about the lake? Uh, yeah, the only thing I really would mention is there is a uh, no wake ordinance oh. on a portion of the lake. There's uh, the main basin of Lake Mary, and then like that southwest bay that I've mentioned previously is called Little Mary Bay. There's a real narrows area that separates those two that's kind of ringed by emergent vegetation. There's a there's a no-wake ordinance uh, through that area to protect that emergent vegetation that, that boaters should be aware of. Okay. And, uh, again, if we want to get on the lake, the easiest place? I would say is going to be that self-access. Mary Lake, it is our Lake of the Week in the, uh, the Glenwood Area Office. Bill McKidden, the Assistant Area Supervisor with all the details. Bill, thanks for taking the time today. We appreciate it. You're welcome, Kev. When we come back, back to my conversation from Ray Sport and Marine during their grand opening yesterday with Ted Takasaki, National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame angler. Hey, I'm Jason Rylander, the Jason Beckin girl, beard like a grown-up, and this is Fishing Paul Bundy's Country. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm Chuck Hasse, Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, it's hard to believe I've been doing a fishing show for over 30 years and have never had the opportunity to talk with Ted Takasaki until now. And I sure am glad I did. One of the things that 
fishing further away from the boat has, has reintroduced into the walleye world, and that's a lot more bobber fishing. Uh, at the Leech Lake Walleye Tournament and the Knights Columbus Walleye Tournament here in Bemidji, uh, that I am seated talking to the anglers. I heard a lot of talk about bobbers, and that's where the electronics come in. You see where that fish is, and you can drop that bobber over there. No doubt about that. It, uh, you know, the uh, live fishing or electronics, live electronics have really changed the way we fish. Um, like I run a hummingbird mega live and to be able to see the fish 20 feet away. And then, like you said, either cast a jig at them or you cast a slip bobber and you see how that fish reacts to the bait. Now you're really kind of interacting with the fish. You can really see, all right, if I, if I move the bobber a little bit to move that bait and the fish reacts to it, then you want to keep doing that. If you move the bobber and all of a sudden a fish takes off, you don't do that anymore. It's really pretty amazing to be able to see reaction by the fish through these live electronics that are out there. And uh, it's really uh, become uh, like a sophisticated uh, video game where you're working with a live critter that, and seeing how they react to what you're doing. Let's talk a little bit about uh, why you're at Ray Sport Marine today, and that is because you're a Lund boat guy. Um, tell us about Lund boats, and I mean, I, so many of the anglers I know that I really respect, they're driving Lunds. Why is that? Well, you know, Lund's been in business, Lund boats have been in business for uh, over 75 years. Um, what I find very interesting is that these boats by Lund are designed by Lund engineers that, that that love to fish. You know, when they're when they love to fish, they'll create a boat that allows you to be able to put your electronics in accessible places, uh, to be able to put the different attributes to the to the boat where the boat actually does what you want it to do, makes it very easy to turn. I I found that Lund boats are the easiest turning boats they really have have, they track well they turn quickly they're very maneuverable they have big live wells they have uh, locations where you can actually put your electronics where you can see them very easily and they build a high quality boat you know something that's going to last for years and years you wouldn't believe how many customers that i have talked to who say I have had my Lunbo for 30 years, you know what I mean, and, and, and it still runs great. And so those are the kind of things that I believe that are important in a boat. And I've been running now uh, Lund boats for 15 years or so, something like that, and uh, I've enjoyed every single day that I've done it. Well, and, and you mentioned that, that, that they've designed it for all the other things you need, like electronics. And, of course, here at Ray's and, and any Ray Lund dealer, they're, they're going to have the right motor. They're going to have the right electronics. They're going to put together a really good package. Well, you know, that's the whole thing about a dealer. you got to select a dealer that is concerned about the customer. And that's what I found with Ray's Marine. Uh, they, uh, uh, again, will, will service the boat. They'll uh, rig the boat. Uh, they will take care of the boat in case something does go wrong. I mean, let's say you hit a rock pile and they'll, you know, they're able to fix uh, either the skag or replace the prop or whatever it may be. But they have a service organization that uh, will take care of you after the sale. And that's really the biggest thing. You know, I mean, you can, anybody can buy something, 
But if the dealership can't service it or doesn't want to service it or doesn't do a good job servicing it, they want to make sure that you enjoy your the product that you've purchased. And that's what I found with Ray's. I think they're, uh, they're people that really care about their customers, and uh, that's what you really need in a good dealership. So somebody looking to buy their first boat, and besides the ability to float, what is it? What would you say this is the key thing you need to have in a good fishing boat? Well, I think the first thing I always tell families or individuals who want to buy a fishing boat, um, you know, determine the budget that you're planning on spending. Uh, once you figured out, all right, I can afford this amount and, you know, I can finance it over so many years. And that's what's kind of nice about boat financing is that you can usually finance them for a longer period of time. So your monthly payments aren't as big. But that would be the first thing. Determine the budget. Determine the amount of money that you want to spend. At that point, then, you also have to determine what lakes that you like to fish the most in. All right? So if it's a bigger lake, then you need a bigger boat. If you fish smaller lakes, then you can get away with a smaller boat. I think the biggest thing is that usually people don't think about what lake they really fish on the most. Uh, most. And if it's a smaller lake, you can you can go with a smaller boat. But if it's a big lake and you're out 20 miles offshore and the wind starts coming up, you need a, that's where people get into trouble is uh, they just don't have the right kind of boat or the knowledge or the experience to get back safely. And that's really the biggest thing that I found uh, when people are looking for boats. Okay. Well, you uh, have been on the uh, National Walleye Tour circuit for a while. We, we talked earlier about the number of different fishing tournaments. you got a big tournament coming up this weekend. I do. I'm going to be uh, on um, uh, Lake Francis Case in South Dakota, uh, out of Pickstown, South Dakota. It's, uh, it's a big reservoir. There's uh, a lot of shoreline to fish. Uh, these fish are uh, can be almost anywhere, you know, from right near uh, 10, anywhere from 10... Five to ten feet, all the way down to a hundred feet, and uh, you know what I've been finding is that um, there's a a reservoir is basically an old river that a dam was put, and then it floods. So it's a flooded river essentially, and uh, there's still current that goes through the reservoir, but not as much as you would in say the Mississippi River. All right, so. So in a reservoir, these fish are looking for places to to live, hide, uh, and then also to find uh, something to eat. And what we've been finding is that the trees that were flooded when they built the dam in the reservoir, uh, the trees now are create a very secure and safe home for these walleyes to to live in. So we've been finding a lot of walleyes in the trees. So my job this next week will be to figure out what trees they're in and then how to get down there and, and catch them. Okay. And that is, uh, that's a bit of a challenge. Uh, what kind of lures would, do you use for that kind of fishing? Well, I mean, you can go with uh, weedless or um, lures that, you know, you don't get hung up a lot in. The, the challenge with that is that walleyes aren't real aggressive, usually aren't a real aggressive fish. So I'm going to go probably with no weed guards at all. I'm going to probably work, be working uh, small jigs uh, and get try to get down to those fish uh, and either with live bait or plastic 
and then I will be uh, trying to get those fish to 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 react to those lures. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be breaking off and and retying a lot of jigs, you know, probably during this tournament. So that's kind of how I'm gonna go after it. It's a it's quite a, a deal, and and, and then you. you fishing for years and years like you have and still doing it competitively after all these years you've you've probably seen several generations of anglers come through uh what do you think of the the new generation of anglers i tell you what these young professionals they are hard charging they spend uh hours and hours on on the lake every day from probably five o'clock till seven or eight o'clock at night i mean i uh i just turned i just turned 65 so i'm an official card-carrying uh social security senior citizen so so uh, i just don't have quite the stamina that i used to have but i still have fun getting out there and competing against these young kids i think they're a lot better with uh electronics than than ever before uh and again they can stay out in the lake for a long time so they're very very uh, difficult or tough competitors when it comes to walleye tournaments I think one of the other things that has changed so dramatically, whether you're a bass angler or whatever fish you fish for, is the information at your fingertips and the ability to just get on the Internet and find out, get reports on that, study, learn. Um, it's just a different world. Exactly. I mean, again, the younger anglers have, uh, they're able to maneuver on the Internet and try to, you know, figure out and get the information that they need to get. And, um uh, as an older guy, you know, I just sometimes I just don't have the patience to be looking uh, and uh, digging around for the information, which, you know, it's probably not good for me. Uh, but uh, but I'm I need to force myself to do that in order to be able to compete. And, uh, you know, I mean, that that's the way of life. I mean, um, you know, in a company. Uh, a young guy comes into the company. They work really, really hard to get to the top, uh, to be in management, to maybe even run the company. And then at some point in time, they just need to retire. And uh, one of these days, I'll do that probably. But uh, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do it and as long as I can compete. Com- you know, uh, and uh, at least finish in the top uh, in cash and check each time. I think then I'll uh, continue to do it. And if I just physically can't do it anymore, then I might have to retire myself. <laughs> well, the beauty of fishing, uh, like golf to some degree, is that you can do it for a long, long time. You bet. You know, and that's the great thing about fishing is, um, you know, it's great for the gals. It's great for the kids. It's great for the grandpas. It's it's great. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, what race, what uh, um sex whatever you know anybody can fish and that's what's great about the sport of fishing and uh it's a great family event you can take the whole family out everybody can have fun everybody can catch fish you know and and you know i think the thing is is that take the grandkids fishing take the kids fishing take uh take the grandparents fishing you know i mean uh and uh just enjoy yourself i mean we're all out here just to just enjoy God's creation. And, um, you know, catching fish is kind of a secondary thing. So, you know, and it's always more fun to catch fish, obviously. So do your homework before you go out. Find a time of the day or the time of the year that when the fish are really going good. And then make sure everybody gets out there and, and uh, 
just have a fun time. Just enjoy each other's company when you're out in the boat. Some great thoughts from Ted Takasaki, one of the all-time walleye fishing greats in the world and getting ready for another tournament this weekend. We were having this conversation Wednesday at, uh, at Ray Sport Marine's grand opening in their new location in Wilton. That, that celebration continues through Saturday. Uh, Ted will be fishing in a big tournament Saturday. Ted Takasaki, it was so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. It's uh, been uh, great being on here on the radio with you, and uh, you've been very gracious and, and, a, and a great uh, uh, host. You know, So thank you very much for having me. First time we've had Ted Takasaki on the show. It will not be the last, at least if I have anything to say about it. I don't know what Ted's going to say about it, but we'll definitely pick up the phone and give him a call sometime for sure. Hey, don't forget, it was a tough day yesterday when Ted was here at uh, Ray Sport Marine's grand opening because of the road construction. That is done, and you can get into the brand-new Ray Sport Marine nice and easy now, and that grand opening is going to go through Saturday. they got tons of stuff they're giving away. They're going to give you great deals on boat, motor, and trailer packages. they got pontoons. Brandon and his crew are spectacular. Their service crew is spectacular. Mikey's a blast. Get on in there. And see if you can't get yourself a great deal on a boat, motor, and trailer package from Ray's Sport Marine during the grand opening weekend again through Saturday at their new location in Wilton, Highway 2 West. You can't miss it. It's a beautiful place. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. As always, thank you for taking the time to be here. Now we're going fishing. <laughs>